This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, May 16th, 2022. I'm Caleb Brown. The United States ought to see an opportunity in the huge number of wealthy, educated, young Chinese people trying to escape COVID lockdowns in their home country. Cato's Alex Narasta argues that if you want to drain brain power out of China and boost American economic performance at the same time, rolling out the welcome mat for people escaping Chinese tyranny would be a great first step. There's a lot more interest in China and immigrating now than there was just a few years ago, partly because of the stringency of the COVID lockdowns in China, how extreme they are. Also, just uh, partly because people are realizing, Chinese people are realizing uh, what a totalitarian system that they live in. I mean, since the late 70s, China has liberalized substantially. It's still much more liberal than it was under, under Mao's regime. But the insanity of the COVID restrictions, they're still doing massive lockdowns in Shanghai, a city of 25 million people. Uh, has convinced a lot of young professionals, young educated uh, elites, a lot of people who are very highly skilled and entrepreneurial, uh, that now is the time to leave. And that the uh, that they're Googling and using other Chinese search engines to find ways of leaving. And the Chinese authorities are trying to stop them from doing that. Of course, uh, in seeming cahoots, the U.S. authorities are also making it more difficult for Chinese people to leave. Uh, holdover from China, uh, Trump's policies, anti-Chinese policies uh, that have been largely continued under the Biden administration. So it's interesting, the evidence that you, you point to Google searches using particular words, uh, run or run as a word for departure, escape. Yeah, one of the features of the uh, Chinese internet censorship is they ban certain words. So people come up with euphemisms uh, to communicate what they really mean. And in Chinese, the word run, um, also um, the word, I guess, uh, what it means, moist, is sort of a euphemism for getting out of China. So that's becoming um, the, the, the term used online. And Chinese censors, of course, are always a few steps behind what society's, uh, you know, latest innovations are to communicate um, accurately and precisely are. So there's sort of this running sort of battle with Chinese uh, internet censorship about trying to leave. Of course, you know, these are educated elite Chinese. They have a lot of friends and family in the United States already. Many of them have studied abroad. Uh, they know whom to contact uh, in the West to think about coming over. The problem is, of course, in the West, uh, beginning under the Trump administration, continuing under Biden, we've made it more difficult for Chinese people to leave under an exaggerated fear of espionage. So we don't, the U.S. doesn't have to do anything except put out a welcome mat. Like we're not engaged in the process of evacuating people uh, from China, or we would not be involved in that process. What we would do is say, hey, if you can get here, there are opportunities to be had here to contribute to our economy. That's right. Just have a really simple, easy visa. Hey, you're Chinese. You're not a criminal. You're not obviously a national security threat. Come on over. You can live and work, start a business, go to school, whatever you want. Uh, we won't kick you out unless you commit a crime or we suspect you of uh, committing espionage. And that'll be basically it. And we would get many millions of young, entrepreneurial successful Chinese people with an enormous amount of skills who already speak English in most cases coming over the United States to set up businesses and to innovate over here rather than over there. The great irony, though, is China hawks. I'm not a China hawk. I'm not, you know, I think China is a horrible country with a horrible government in a lot of ways, right? But I'm 
don't really fear them from a national security perspective that much. But the great irony here is that the largest and loudest China hawks and the Senate are also those most in favor of locking the skilled and entrepreneurial and innovative Chinese in China, where their innovations would do the most good for the Chinese government. I don't understand uh, what they are afraid of and why they want to do that. Uh, during the Cold War, we let people from the Eastern Bloc come over here. We were not afraid of, uh, we were afraid of espionage, but we didn't use it as an excuse to lock uh, smart, intelligent, innovative Soviets in the Soviet Union. There seems to be some kind of massive disconnect. Either people don't believe that China is as big a threat as they are saying it is, or their response doesn't make any sense. Um, it reminds me a little bit of you and I have discussed the movie that I have great affection for, Donut King. Uh, the policy in the 70s of repatriating a whole lot of Cambodians in the United States. And it, it seemed to have gone pretty smoothly. It, it's, it shouldn't, and the, the, we're, talk, we're not talking about uh, extremely poor people uh, like the Cambodians who came to the United States on, on boats. Uh, we're talking about educated, elite Chinese people. So let's, you know, replicate Donut King, which was a story of poor Cambodian refugees coming to the United States and essentially taking over the donut industry on the West Coast through their hard work, grit, and entrepreneurial entrepreneurship. And instead of donut shops, let's make it software firms. And that would be something much more uh, <laughs> uh, similar to what the effect of increasing and uh, liberalizing the immigration of skilled Chinese uh, elites to the United States. What would be the simplest path to establish that visa to allow these wealthy, educated, uh, elite Chinese people to escape the the tyranny, the tyranny that we're seeing like little clips of on uh, Twitter and elsewhere of people just screaming from their apartment buildings. There's probably two things the U.S. government can do that aren't huge reforms that would massively liberalize Chinese immigration uh, on high-skilled visas. The first would be to remove the uh, quota for Chinese immigrants on employment-based green cards. Employment-based green cards are green cards for uh, skilled individuals to work at American firms. Some of them are sponsored by firms, some are not. But basically get rid of the numerical limitations for Chinese workers on those firms. The second would be for the H-1B visa, temporary visa for high-skilled workers, get rid of the numerical cap, for Chinese workers on that. I think we would see, if we did those two things, we would see a massive increase in the number of Chinese people coming here. A third one, which would be which we would be good no matter what. I mean, on all these are good no matter what. Like, we don't need to do them in tandem with anything else. But the third one would be to uh, basically allow any Chinese student in the United States who's on an F visa uh, to transfer to a green card or an H-1B visa without counting against a numerical cap. You know, that sort of does it in such a way whereby students who have shown their interest in the United States, they've come here for educational opportunities, they've already adapted to our culture a little bit by being students at an American university, uh, if that's representative of our culture, I'm not sure. But let's assume it is for the purposes of discussion. They're interested, they want to stay, they can do it. And that that shows, I think, a little bit more commitment uh, to the United States and coming directly from China on a work visa. So we can do all those things. And we would see a large surge in some of the most skilled, educated, and entrepreneurial people in the world today. 
And uh, just to bring it down a bit, the Biden administration, as far as we can tell so far, has fallen dramatically uh, very far short of his pledges with respect to immigration uh, and, in fact, has simply maintained a vast amount of the Trump era immigration restrictions. In most cases, that's absolutely true. Uh, and when we take a look at the restrictions on Chinese immigrants uh, put in place by the Trump administration, those have continued. Uh, Biden has reduced the amount of law enforcement devoted to cracking down on Chinese espionage, which which is a good thing because it's vastly exaggerated and has captured a lot of innocent people uh, unnecessarily. Uh, but he has not gone in the other direction and made it easier at all. For Chinese students to come to the United States or Chinese immigrants. There's still a lot of investigation going on, a lot of uh, foot dragging on visas, and a lot of restrictions put into law during the Trump administration uh, and in the, the regulations that make it difficult for these folks to come to the United States. And so far, the Biden administration has shown very little interest in uh, liberalizing those portions of the immigration system. But the big picture here for people who are China hawks is there's a good case to be made that the brain power that would serve the needs of the communist state in China could just as easily be exported to the United States and used for the benefits of American consumers, for American workers, for products for export, any number of things. And, and for American national security, if we were so, uh, if the government were so inclined, right? Um, you know, the, the humans really are the ultimate resource. Human skills and human capital are what make a successful, prosperous uh, country and a country that can well defend itself against foreign threats. And viewing Chinese intellectuals and skilled workers as an asset rather than a potential cost is something that the U.S. government needs to start to take very seriously. If we're worried about China, and I don't think we should be that worried about China, but if we are... And if that's the way the political debate is going, then we need to recognize the best way to improve American national security and our economic well-being is to siphon off several million of the most skilled, entrepreneurial, talented, and educated Chinese workers and entrepreneurs to come to the United States. And the fact that this is not seriously discussed and not on the table shows how unserious this debate over national security in China really is. Alex Narasta directs economic and social policy studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and give a rating to the Cato Daily Podcast on your podcast platform of choice and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.